what I'm going to, to do today is basically to, to tell you uh, a bit about this uh, book, which is called Latin American Leaders. Um, this book is, um, is the product of uh, around seven years of, of research. We started to work in 2009. And uh, when I say we, it's also Ruth Diamin, who we wrote the book together. Uh, and Ruth uh, works in the um, Universidad Torcuato de Tela in, in Buenos Aires. Yeah? And uh, the first thing that we did was basically to prepare a research, a research project about uh, Latin American leaders. And we were very lucky because we got uh, funds from Open Society Institute in, in Washington, uh, which allow us to, to work during uh, four years on, t on this topic. Yeah? Uh, and uh, also allow us to organize uh, five or six uh, field trips. We look at uh, Argentina, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, and Uruguay. And we conducted 285 interviews. Yeah? At the end of the book, uh, there is the list of, of people that we have interviewed. Yeah? Uh, we were lucky sometimes to get uh, former presidents and uh, former vice-presidents, uh, some vice-presidents who were still in office, and mayors and uh, legislators yeah, from these five countries. Right? So first I'm going to, to, to present uh, why we, we thought that this was a, a topic which was important and uh, why we prepare this research project, and then uh, trying to explain what we found out through the research and what you can find uh, in the book, no? how we put uh, together 285 interviews, yeah? and uh, some of them were talking with politicians for one hour, one and a half hours, or two hours, and it was very tough you know, to put all this information together and to make sense of all this information yeah so we we are both from Argentina and uh, so we after the the 19 the, the, the return to democracy we started to to ask uh, why we have this type of leaders yeah why uh, is there any reason why that uh, Latin America uh, and in particular some countries have a a specific type of, of leaders, yeah, which are this tendency that Latin America has to generate extremely dominant leaders. Yeah. So we have some questions yeah, in the very beginning of writing the, the research. Yeah. Uh, for instance, why do democratically elected leaders undermine democracy as soon as they are in power? And this is like the first, uh, the first point I want to make. The book and our research was about democratic leaders. Yeah. Some of them are more authoritarian than others, but all of them are democratic leaders in the, terms, in the sense that they have been elected by um, free and fair elections, right? Um, so why, if they, if they are democratic elected, some of them, when they are in office, right, they start to deteriorate democracy? And the institutions of the state. That was one of the, the one uh, one of the questions. Yeah. Then we wonder uh, to what extent there is a, a any type of relationship between the features of political party systems and the leaders' democratic quality. Yeah. So, is there any relationship why some countries have a 
um, political party system and uh, the emergence of different type of leaders and difference in terms of the quality of democracy, that uh, how democratic they are, right? And uh, why has the return to democracy not done away with Latin America's tendency, as I said before, to generate strong, strong leaders? Yeah. Uh, with these questions and some uh, others in, in mind, we started to look at different uh, case studies, right? And, uh, and we, we look at, um, as I say, Argentina, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, and uh, Uruguay. And why we chose these countries? Yeah, well, all of them had suffered similar political and economic crisis during the 2000s, but the outcomes were quite different. Uh, five presidents were expelled in Argentina, three in Ecuador, one in Venezuela, and none in Uruguay and Colombia. Yeah. So what we are going to analyze uh, is post-crisis scenario. The crises were different, yeah? uh, because you can compare the Argentinian crisis with uh, the crisis, the, the impact of the economic and political crisis in Uruguay, or the ongoing crisis and political violence in Colombia. But what we wanted was to say, okay, these countries, they all have a crisis, yeah, and uh, we want to see the emergence of different type of, of uh, leaders in post-crisis scenario. Yeah. In Argentina, in Ecuador and Venezuela, the crisis uh, brought about the fragmentation or collapse of the party system and the emergence of a strong leaders, right? In some cases, the, the, the party system really collapsed, yeah? like in the case of, of Venezuela. Right? In Argentina, we see the fragmentation of the, of the party system. Yeah? But uh, what we see is that with uh, an impact in the party system, we see uh, the emergence of uh, strong leaders. In Uruguay, the 2002 crisis neither affected the political party system nor became a major systematic crisis. You know, the traditional political parties lost elections right, after the crisis in 2002, uh, but it was the Frente Amplio who won the presidency, and the Frente Amplio didn't come to uh, Uruguayan politics to break the political system yeah, in Uruguay. It was mainly a continuation, right? But it was a new political actor, no? because it has always been the Colorado or the, or the Blanco who won uh, the elections. And in Colombia, the political parties have undergone an important, important transformation in, with political reforms in 1991 and in 2003. Uh, and they have a political stability and uh, a, a high degree of institutionalization, which allowed a strong leader as uh, Alvaro Uribe to, to come to power, but also the, industrial, the institutionalization of, of political parties help to control Alvaro Uribe's ambitions, yeah, political ambitions. Uh, so in these post-crisis scenarios, we saw that uh, maybe we could find some good answers about uh, the emergence of different type of leaders if we talk to uh, politicians, yeah, and uh, and we see what they uh, what they think about uh, political leadership in in the region. Yeah, uh, we with all this information, we make a qualitative analysis, yeah, uh, which included some discourse analysis and trying to pick up uh, specific words, yeah, that uh, when they talk about political leaders and, uh, and try to see 
how they analyze uh, leadership in Latin America. Uh, most of our interviews uh, talk about powerful presidents who concentrate power uh, in their hands and that uh, they absorb power yeah, from other institutions. Yeah, so we started to realize that when they talk about this concentration of power, what they meant that was that the executive and the president uh, was taking power from other institutions, yeah, like the legislative, or the judiciary, or the political parties. Yeah? So they were democratically elected, but when they were acting in government, they take power from other institutions, and they put this power in their, in their hands. Yeah? Uh, and so many presidents in Latin America, what they do is basically that they disempower institutions to empower themselves. Right? And uh, we started to see this as uh, a feature, especially in Argentina, in Ecuador, and in Venezuela. Yeah? Uh, in these three countries, yeah, and we are going to see that there are like two main groups. Yeah? On the one hand, we have Argentina, Ecuador, and Venezuela, and on the other hand, we have Uruguay and Colombia. In most of the interviews in Argentina, uh, Venezuela, and Ecuador, sorry, um, in most of the interviews, we ended up talking about specific leaders, Rafael Correa, Hugo Chávez, Cristina Fernández de Kirchner, right? which was the time that we did the, the interviews. Yeah? While in Uruguay and Colombia, we were mainly talking about political parties, the role of the political parties, state institutions, the role and the impact of, for instance, uh, political um, party leaders, right, and historical processes. Yeah? So, one of the first conclusions was that uh, in countries where there is a high degree of institutionalization of political parties, and for this we follow the bibliography of Scott Mainwaring to, to, to analyze the degree of institutionalization of political parties. In this type of, of countries, we, we realize that the degree of institutionalization of the political party system influences the type of leader that emerges in a given country. Uh, and in a way, are political parties that can limit the uh, emergence of strong leaders or leaders that concentrate power in their hands. Yeah? This was one of the first conclusions that, uh, that, that we arrived. Yeah? But we wanted to go a little bit beyond and say, okay, but what are these different type of leaders? Yeah? And what we started to perceive reading the, the interviews and listening to the interviews many, many times is that, that we could find a sort of typology. And this is what uh, that we ended up uh, articulating a typology of leaders in Latin America, yeah? uh, based on the interviews and based on the analysis of, of these uh, five countries. Yeah? And in order to develop this uh, typology, we took into account the political context, the ability of the leader uh, to, lead, to lead his capacity as, as, a, as a leader, and the impact of the leader on the quality of democracy. Uh, cutting across these elements, we found three dimensions of leadership. Right? Uh, the relationship between the leader and the rule of law, the leader's effort to achieve consensus or in contrast to provoke polarization, and the leader's methods uh, to increase power. 
And so basically we look or, or we articulate the, the typology by looking at the attitude of the leaders towards the rules, whether the leader, uh, the leader obey the rules, challenges the rules, or manipulate the rules. The leaders and the, the, the relationship between the leader and the opposition, whether the leader promotes or provokes polarization, tolerate the oppositions, or, or try to build consensus, yeah? or uh, regarding the relationship and the attitude towards power, you know, whether the leader shares power, concentrate power, or usurp power. Yeah? And so we have this uh, typology. Hmm? Uh, we call them democratic enhancer, ambivalent democrat, soft power usurper, and power usurper. Yeah? This is the typology that, uh, that we articulate yeah, uh, when we when we look at the Latin American leaders in these specific five countries. Yeah? So the democratic enhancer is basically uh, a leader who push for the building or reinforcement of democratic institutions. Basically, he or she will accept the limits on power imposed by state institutions. He or she will respect and promote democratic rights and civil liberties and leave their posts on time. What we found is that most of the leaders that we can put in this, in this category are leaders that come from a political party. And they have a political party which has a high degree of institutionalization and they have a relationship with the political party which is a, a strong relationship with this political party on which he has or he or she has developed uh, his or her career. Yes. So he's a rule developer, he's a bridge builder, basically he's trying to, breathe, to build uh, bridges between his political party, his government, the opposition, and different um, other political actors like the media or trade unions. Yeah? And he's respectful, in a, in a way he respects uh, civil liberties and uh, freedom of association. To, so he basically pushes for the... For the uh, um, the building of democracy, the improvement of democratic institutions. Yeah? Then we have the ambivalent democrat. Yeah? The ambivalent democrat respects people's rights, works in a comparative manner, but seeks to accumulate personal power. Right? And unlike the democratic enhancer, they respect but do not strengthen democratic institutions. Yeah? So it's somebody who is basically a leader who respect the democratic institutions, but it's not pushing for building new democratic institutions or to improve democratic institutions. Yeah? Uh, in a way, they can end up weakening democracy in his or her bid to increase his or her own personal power, because this is the difference with the democratic enhancer. So he's rule obedient, yeah? so he's basically he doesn't really develop uh, democratic rules, but he obe uh, obeys uh, democratic rules. He's receptive, yeah? uh, and he's a rule challenger. Yeah? As, as long as the condition, the, the political context, help him to, uh, to challenge the, the rules. Yeah? Uh, and then we have the soft power usurper. Yeah? And uh, he or she will navigate between challenging and accepting the rule of law and uh, state institutions. Yeah? Uh, and in this, the historical context becomes uh, crucial yeah? uh, because it can uh, either facilitate or block the leader's ability to gain autonomy. Mm -hmm. 
they can take advantage to reduce uh, you know, the, the, the power of other institutions. Yeah? Uh, but sometimes what, they are going to, what is going to happen is that they will find a break, yes? either from a state institution or its own political party, that is not going to be possible for them to go beyond, right? So it's basically, they, this is why they challenge the rule, but not necessarily they are going to be able to manipulate the rules, yeah? Uh, so this is, again, uh, we look at the historical context and the political context, yeah? And uh, at the end, what, what we are uh, analyzing is the relationship between these leaders and how they can play yeah, and how they can develop their leadership in a particular uh, in a particular political context. Yeah. And then the power usurper, yeah? and uh, they he or she accumulate power by absorbing it from other state institutions, either by minimizing the role of the legislature or by undermining the independence of the judiciary. They are democratic leaders, and we put quite a lot of emphasis on that. They are democratic leaders. Uh, who they have been elected in free elections, but they end up manipulating uh, either constitutional or the constitution or electoral instruments to increase uh, political power, to increase personal powers. Yeah? They end up believing that they are the only legitimate representatives of their people, yeah? and they generally uh, perpetuate themselves in power. So when we look at... Uh, the different countries here yeah, where we can put the, the leaders yeah, and how, how we articulate this, this uh, typology coming from a, a qualitative analysis of uh, 285 interviews. Yeah. In Uruguay, most leaders are democratic enhancers. Yeah? Well, this is what we found. That, uh, and this is why the case of Uruguay is the one that really makes us look at the political party. Uh, and the degree of institutionalization of, of the political parties because we found that Uruguay is, it was completely different from the rest of, of, the, of the countries. Yeah? Then in the case of Colombia, in the interviews, we talk uh, inevitably about two main leaders, Álvaro Uribe and Santos. Yeah? And uh, Álvaro Uribe, we think that is a, a mix of uh, an ambivalent Democrat and soft power usurper, yeah, that who could not go beyond, yeah, Alvaro Uribe couldn't go beyond and becoming a power usurper because he found the um, he found the the limits, yeah, uh, from state institutions, right? Uh, in Argentina, we analyze Nestor Kirchner and Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, and uh, basically we would say that they are also soft power usurpers, yeah, and uh, Cristina especially. Uh, we think that uh, he, she was uh, all the time trying to see, trying to measure yeah, to what extent she could manipulate yeah, uh, institutions. Yeah? Uh, and uh, in the case of uh, Argentina, uh, we also see that, uh, that it's, it's important to, to look at the, uh, at the degree of, of, of the low degree of institutionalization of, of political parties. Uh, in Ecuador, Rafael Correa is a very interesting case because, in a way, when he started, he could be considered a democratic enhancer, especially with the 
the writing of the 2008 uh, new constitution, the new assemblea, you know, he was basically trying to promote and building new democratic institutions. But he will basically um, go into a, a power usurper uh, and, a, and a, a soft power usurper, yeah? uh, trying to manipulate yeah? uh, the institutions that he had uh, created. And of course, in the case of Venezuela, there was no doubt about that, uh, that uh, Hugo Chavez was the power usurper, no? and that when we analyze uh, Hugo Chavez, was basically uh, looking or, or looking at at this specific uh, category. You know, he challenged the rules, he polarized society, and he maximized uh, his power. Yeah? So the typology aims to to measure, in a way, the the, the democratic quality of the leaders. Yeah? and in a way, it's trying to to say something, to make a contribution to uh, this debate about uh, democratic quality hmm? by saying, okay, in order to analyze the democratic quality uh, of, uh, in Latin America, we also have to look at the agent. We also have to look at the, the leaders, not just at, as the structures, but we also have to look at uh, the political leaders, yeah? because in a way they are the ones who make democracy and they are the ones who are going to have an impact in the quality of democracy. We hope that the typology becomes a tool to explore, to compare, and to evaluate political leaders and their democratic quality. Uh, these, of course, these four are ideal types yeah, that has to be you know, challenged yeah, by looking at uh, specific cases. Yeah? And that these are ideal types that are based on the relationship that leaders have with the Constitution with uh, the legal framework, with the institutions of the state, uh, civil liberties, and uh, political rights. And the idea will be to, that the, the typology help us to also to uh, classify them, but also to um, monitor them, no? to, to try to see what they are doing, to what extent they are becoming a power usurper, what is the risk of having a power usurper, can, how can you avoid having a power uh, uh, usurper, no? uh, and, uh, and it also attempts to go a little bit beyond the traditional classification that in Latin America the leaders are either populists or democrats or authoritarians yeah? and trying to, to, to propose something that says these are all de democratic leaders yeah? but the quality of their, of their democraticness yeah, uh, it's related to the uh, political conditions and to uh, the, uh, the attitude that they have to these different uh, uh, dimensions that, we, that I mentioned before, no? the, the, the rule of law and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, the, book, the, the book also offers uh, some ideas about uh, conducting research with, uh, with political leaders that we can discuss more uh, a little bit, if you want, in the in the discussion, no? because uh, it, it is very difficult yeah, to 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 work with political leaders. It's very very difficult to to organize and to articulate a sample yeah, of uh, uh, for for making interviews with political leaders. We were going to uh, Colombia for maybe ten days, and we employ somebody who would continue with the interviews. But sometimes, you know, politicians say to you, "Yes, I'm going to have the." You are going to have the interview, and at the last minute they they they, they cancel. So it's very difficult to 
you know, to see whether you have the same amount of people from different political parties, and uh, you know, it's very, very difficult, yeah, because politicians, you know, it's uh, they're difficult, uh, they're difficult to 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 be interested, especially in Latin America, in doing this type of of academic, helping this type of uh, academic uh, research, yeah. Uh, but we hope that the book uh, is going to help us to to present some questions, yeah, uh, to develop some broader agendas in Latin America to emphasize the uh, the study of uh, political leaders. Okay, so thank you very much. Thanks.